Tonight we're going to do something a little differently, and that is begin with a little time for questions and end with the talk. So if you have any questions about either the instructions or your practice, we can take a little time for that. I, I can repeat the question. So. Okay, I think we will be using the mics. <laughs> but I'll try to I'll, I'll try to recap it. <laughs> so as she was walking, uh, she found her mind getting lost in thought, and when she was lost in thought, you know, wasn't aware of anything else except being lost, and half the time. <coughs> It was uh, thoughts of self in future. And the other half, it was being lost in these fantasies of uh, really fear and violence. And she noticed that when she came out of it, even though the thought was gone and she could see that the thought was gone, there was still a residue in the body and, and feeling it almost like a a post-traumatic stress, you know, from the thought. And just wondering what the sequence is, whether it's the fear conditioning the thought or thoughts conditioning the fear. Um, First, I mean, it was your observation of what happened was very clear. And it's a good example of how the mind really does have just one object at a time. Sometimes it's happening very quickly, you know, so it seems as if we're aware of things simultaneously. But in this case, the mind was so caught in the thought for time that we really don't see and we don't hear. We're just lost in that world. One of the reasons that, explanations of the thought being gone and still feeling it in the body, and I think this is according to the Abhidharma teachings, um, that the mind is actually changing at a much more rapid pace 
in the body is changing. <coughs> and so we might well be aware of the thought having been gone, but still feeling it in the body. And I think, you know, we've all had that experience of the body holding, holding stuff. Uh, you would really have to explore, you know, in in more detail, and it could be interesting for you if the if this pattern continues, you know, of those kinds of thoughts and feelings, just to explore which comes first, because it could be either. Very often a thought will trigger an emotion, and at other times we're feeling an emotion and it triggers the thought pattern. So it really could happen either way. Uh, it was a very good lesson in the value of being aware of these thoughts closer to the beginning. You know, it's, and that's why I was emphasizing this morning to really bring this into the field of awareness because if we catch it closer to the beginning it has much less residue. Yeah. Who has, does somebody have the mics? Hello? <laughs> um, so being on retreat, uh, all these memories of the past come up, and um, a lot of unpleasant memories. And um, I keep going, I'm just so grateful I survived, you know so grateful mm -hmm. and um, just letting them wash through and like so um, today um, I was just hanging out with the sound of silence you know and the mind was calm because like, I've been through these memories and um, and then it's mellowing out and just you know can I just be in the present mm -hmm. and then it's like and then the mind, like, uh, well, let's bring up these memories, you know. And I'm like, oh, more, you know, it's their, they're endless. <laughs> and um, uh, how to w keep working mm. with that? It's like, do they? Does my whole past need to? It's interesting. They say when you die, your whole life flashes before. It. So it's like. It's interesting being on retreat. My whole life is like my past. And, yes, yes. And uh, do you have any? Yeah. I have two cents about anything. <laughs> what was that? Yes, I do have a comment. <laughs> First, it's a very common experience. And I certainly went through the same thing. And I think it's very common everybody, as our mind gets a little more spacious, as we make a little space in the mind, <coughs> it's almost as if a button is pressed and there's a release of all these kinds of memories. And, and sometimes, and I'm sure this is familiar to you, we start remembering things we didn't even know we remembered. You know, they, they just come back, you know, from the past. And then it calms down for a while. <laughs> another button is pressed and again a release and this cycle can go on you know over a long period of time of practice but each time that we can be with it 
non-reactively, you know, where we can see it, in, particularly when it's unpleasant, you know, memories, but we can see it come up and we're mindful of it and we're not reacting, we really are deconditioning them. You know, and my experience in working with many yogis, it's not endless. You know, we really, we, they come up and we see them and they go and they come up again and we see them and they go and that cycle can repeat many times, but each time it really is like a lightening of the mind. We're letting go of all this stuff that we have been holding unconsciously, you know, but that's in there. And over a period of time, this, you know, over years of practice, it really does empty out because we're not feeding it and we're not contracting around it. You know, we're just letting it up and out and up and out and up and out. And at a certain, at a certain point, we're really done with a lot of it, you know, and in a way it's, it's kind of a colloquial meaning of enlightenment in the sense that our mind is actually getting lighter. You know, just lighter and lighter. And so it's, it's a very natural process. I think the main point is to practice as best you can, noting, noticing that the thoughts or images are there and watching your attitude about them. You know, is there aversion? Because if there's aversion, you're actually feeding them again. You know, and it's it's just an extension of all of the teachings of being with unpleasant Vedana. You know, there's, a, there's very likely an unpleasant feeling associated with these thoughts. So can we be with that mindfully? You know, and, and there is, there really is a lightening process. And it's not only unpleasant things that come up. I used to have reruns of old TV programs I saw as a kid. And they were bad the first time. <laughs> and they were equally bad as the rerun. But it, it's just in there, you know, and as we make space, it's just, there's a kind of purifying process that's happening. Can I just say that, uh, so it's a lot of unpleasant, yeah. and um, just going, wow, and um, having compassion for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I do all that, and or uh, how much to feed it, how much, or just uh, that was unpleasant... I would just I would just try to be as mindful as possible that you're thinking, you know, of what it is. If it's particularly unpleasant to really notice the unpleasantness in a mindful way. So you're just aware. Oh, because all of those things, like everything else, are arising and passing. And if we're not reactive to them, we're not strengthening them. And they just come and go and come and go. Thank you. So this morning you gave an instruction to sort of feel into um, subtle thoughts, to sort of see the transparency and the emptiness of them. And... Um, I tried that. I might have picked thoughts that were, well, 
two thoughts. One was uh, when I was walking, I tried it, and I had this image of, you know, when you're walking down the street and there are leaves and a, a whirl comes around and the leaves spin and then they stop a little, you know. That's sort of how I felt about some of these thoughts. Like, they sort of formed more solid by paying attention and then dissipated. But the, the, the question I have is, um, I felt like I was falling in too much. Like, I've, I haven't been paying a lot of attention to particular thoughts in a few days now. So there was something about making them more solid just by paying more attention to them. That, And I don't think that's what you were wanting us to do. So I'm <laughs> curious <laughs> what suggestions or any, you know, yeah. any more you can say about how to, how to stay out of being in the thought, yeah. but yeah, be with yeah. it somehow. Well, the idea is not particularly to go into the content, but simply to be aware that the thought is there and has come through. It may feel at first that you're making them more solid because you're actually mindful that they're there. Before, we may have been ignoring them and so not particularly paying attention, but if we've been lost in them, you know, when they've been coming through unknowingly, they are conditioning the mind. We're just not aware that it's happening. And so part of what your experience may simply be, oh, you're aware of what the mind has been doing that previously has gone unnoticed. But you do want to be careful that the point is not to be feeding them and giving them, it's to be as spacious and open and just let them, you know, rise and pass kind of in the clarity and spaciousness of the mind, but to know as they're passing. Uh, It's just, I found that unnoticed thoughts, they are having a conditioning effect on the mind. You know, because we're not not mindful that we're thinking in those moments. And so depending on the content, it's going to condition our inner environment. And just as an example, you know, just in the course of our everyday life, you know, you're at work or just walking down the street and there may be a lot of just quickly passing judgments going on. If we're not paying attention to them, it's the judging mind is being fed. But we're not even aware of it because you know they're just quickly passing and in the moment, right? It's uh, it's quick. It's not it's not that we're lo- in a long story about it. But in the course of a day, if that's what's been happening all day long and we haven't been picking it up, so it's just that tendency of mind is being strengthened. Right? But to the degree that we're just aware of that thought, then it has no power. Then, then we're really seeing the emptiness of thought. You follow? Yeah, I'll keep sort looking of. at it. <laughs> well, um, I, I guess, you, you know, the, the, listening to you, what's coming to me is that there are times when I think I can just peek, but really I'm, I'm losing the whole body um, orientation, or there's some way that they're they're just getting too much of my um, attention, and and so that's just you know. Sometimes I can do what you're describing, uh-huh. and other times I can't, and I'm not sure what the difference is. 
but I'll keep practicing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> keep practicing. <laughs> no, it's interesting. And again, all of the suggestions that I've been making in the morning and will continue are just things that piqued my interest in my own practice. It's not like some set of formal instructions. I'm, so I'm just sharing with you things that have been of interest to me, and see if they're of interest to you. You know, it's not that this is something you must do as part of your practice, but it's just it's just another uh, another perspective to investigate. Joseph, it's been, it's really interesting with the mic. You don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> I've been looking for my mood all day, and um, I, I I'm not sure that I. So could you give me an example, please, of what that would look like? Yes. Thank you. Okay, so it is hard. Moods are very interesting because they're very diffuse and we often really don't know. So I'll give you two different examples, one uh, a little humorous. But the first one, suppose you, know, you, you have a night and you, you haven't slept particularly well. And then you just, the next day, you, you're just feeling s- kind of grumpy. That's all, it's no, big, it's no big emotion. It's just a feeling, you know, a little tired, a little grumpy, a little irritable. That's what I mean. Are we noticing that? Are we seeing that, being mindful of that as another arising mind state? Or are we living our lives through it? You know, so, that's, so this is the other example. On one of my recent retreats, I kind of was up and I was doing walking meditation. I just felt this world weariness. I just felt oh, just the dukkha of the world. And I thought, well, this is probably good. You know, it's probably just getting into really the experience of dukkha. And I'm walking back and forth and oh, just weary of all this. And then I burped. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my mind was light and happy. <laughs> and what was so interesting about all this was a day or two later, I had the same experience of world weariness and was again seduced by it. And then the same thing happened. <laughs> So we never know actually what's conditioning our moods. It could be anything, you know. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't give too much emphasis to the interpretation, you know, or the cause, but just to be with whatever it is that we're feeling. If only world weariness could be resolved so easily. Okay, I think... Maybe we'll get into one more. Okay. If you could say just a few words on concentration within this framework of the Satipatthana Sutta, the way we've been working on it with whole body awareness, it's coming out of this is such a rare, precious opportunity to have this much time and. Um, 
when the mind does settle down, and I actually asked it, you know, in one of our retreats, it's sort of, wow, my mind is actually having these longer settled periods, mm. and the main doubt that comes up is, what should I do with my mind? <laughs> where, to, where to direct it? So if you just had realized well, there's a hundred answers. But. I mean, it, it, a couple of things. One is to remember that concentration is developed through the continuity of mindfulness. So the more mindful you are moment to moment, the concentration will develop naturally. When it happens in that way, and you're feeling the mind very concentrated, then it's really the application of the third foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of the mind. And if you remember, you know, when Analia was giving that part of the teachings, it's to know when the mind is concentrated, when it's not concentrated, when it's distracted, not distracted. And so it's simply being mindful, this is the state of mind now. In that mindfulness, we're aware of it, we're experiencing it, but we're not clinging to it or identifying with it. We're seeing it as another arising mind state, a wholesome one. Uh, So there's nothing particularly you have to do except to be mindful that that's what your experience is. And then you'll see kind of the ebbing and flowing and waxing and waning of that state. So it's a good... You know, it's an indication of the development of the practice, and it just becomes another aspect to be mindful of. And it it really is mindfulness of the mind. If I can just follow up with... So, um, in your experiences, resting the mind on the whole body as effective as, you know, sort of more a narrower field... I'm used to thinking of, you know, developing concentration focused on a sort of a smaller... <laughs> uh, no, it, 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 there are many ways to develop it. And in what you described, were you, de- were you developing it on the whole body awareness? So you see that, that it's possible to do it in that way as well. And as, you know, has been said throughout the retreat... It's all about your own exploration. You know, there are many ways of practicing. And so it's just investigating. You know, sometimes be with it as you've been doing and experience the concentration that comes from that. <clears throat> At other times, maybe the mind is interested in seeing what happens when it's a more narrow focus. See what happens when you do that. Uh, I think uh, and I've appreciated Nalio's you know, reminding us again and again that we need to make the practice our own. And we do that just from exploring. You know, the the basic outline is there. And then we apply it and we learn. And really to see, always in doing different things, what are the qualities of mind that are being developed? In other words, there are times when I've really done a narrow focus for concentration and I began to see just a lot of desire creeping in, wanting concentration, which of course is a hindrance for concentration. You know, so in that time, opening up and whole body became very effective because it allowed for the relaxation of mind. Maybe if you're in that open space and you find the mind is just 
spacing out, then narrowing the focus, you know, and so you really learn, you learn your own rhythm. Okay. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.